From WFSU Public Media, welcome to Perspectives. I'm Tom Flanagan. Our program, in keeping with safety considerations, is a pre-recorded conversation via Zoom. It was recorded on Tuesday, January 18th for on-air playback, Thursday, January 20th. It seems a natural inclination, you know, for all of us to try to kind of put our best foot forward, especially on first encounters, right? Like curb appeal is a really critical element in the real estate business so that the property seems welcoming and impressively valuable and that sort of thing. And communities at the same time also want to appear awesome to visitors. So a lot of attention is very frequently lavished on the so-called gateways to a town the major thoroughfares that bring traffic into the heart of the city. And since Tallahassee is the capital city of Florida, well, that need to impress is not purely a local consideration, right? The community has one signature gateway that usually draws favorable comment, and that is the last lap of Appalachian Parkway west of Magnolia that uh, keeps those twin capital buildings in the, in the windshield as you're heading on up the hill there. But there are other entries to the city that perhaps aren't quite as majestic, and one of these is the other end of U.S. 27, and that's called the North Monroe Street Corridor. It's historically featured a somewhat, shall we say, tacky (laughs) hodgepodge of retail stores. Several less than five-star motels are clustered around the I-10 interchange. And you have some other uh, features and amenities that perhaps are not exactly what you could call top grade. So a citizens group was put together at the behest of uh, Leon County Commissioner Rick Miner, who we'll meet in just a moment, to look at all of these considerations, come up with some suggestions for improvement, and that's what we're going to be talking about on this edition of Perspectives today. So let's meet some of the folks whose expertise has been tapped over the past several months to analyze those issues and come up with some ideas. First, we'll say hi to Joe Laurie Penrose, who is a transportation planner at Florida State University. And uh, Joe, thank you for being part of this today. Thank you, but I, I, I appreciate you um, noting that I'm working, I have worked in transportation planning, but I'm retired but I still keep my, I want to keep my hand in transportation planning. And we certainly learned a lot about what could be done with transportation infrastructure in the North and Rose Street corridor. Well, there is a reason they call it a transportation corridor. And again, that was your expertise, I think, that was uh, tapped here. And we can't wait to hear what you uh, came up with in regards to those kinds of considerations. So, Joe, thank you so much. Jonna Coleman also joins us, Program Director for Big Bend Continuum of Care. Since uh, the plight of folks who do not have a full-time domicile is a major consideration here. And, Jonna, thank you for joining us here on Perspectives today. Thank you for having me. We say hi to uh, Ron Goldstein, who is a Tallahassee entrepreneur, and we have heard from uh, his Mrs. Barbara and his uh, son Mike on several occasions in other uh, contexts. But you were tapped, Ron, to be part of the Citizens Committee to provide some input to it, and uh, we can't wait to hear you share that with us today, too. Glad to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. This is all, of course, under the auspices of Leon County Commissioner Rick Miner representing District 3, which encompasses the North Monroe Street Corridor. Hence, the uh, the planning for this whole project here. And Commissioner, it is good to see you. Happy New Year, first off, and hope you're doing well. Happy New Year, New Year to you too, Tom. And, and uh, it's great to be here, and thanks for covering this really important topic. Well, how did this whole idea get started? Again, we have multiple gateways, and uh, one of the ones from the airport now, that's a major consideration in the so-called SOMO area, South Monroe. That has been part and parcel of a redevelopment plan for quite a while. But what gave you the, the idea to really get into the North Monroe Street corridor and try to figure out how to improve that situation? Sure. Well, North Monroe was the number one gateway into Tallahassee. Uh, more people come into our community through the North Monroe I-10 interchange than in any other point in the county. Um, unfortunately, though, we've seen a market decline in the area, and I think it started to accelerate about four or five years ago, before the pandemic. Um, on the county commission, I recommended that that we work with uh, the Florida Department of Transportation and the city of Tallahassee to reverse that trend. And really, the, the first step 
which took place in April of last year, was to establish a citizen's task force uh, for North Monroe to hear from the public uh, on, on what type of things that they consider to be a priority for making North Monroe something that we can be proud of. Um, so with that, the, the county commission set up this task force and asked the task force members to look at North Monroe and the corridor along three different areas. One was corridor improvements, one was um, finding ways to reduce crime, and the number three was to help us find ways to assist those that are struggling with homelessness. That is a wide diversity of topics that have to be addressed in the course of any consideration here, but let's go around the panel and get an idea of how those individual members brought their background and expertise to bear on that. And uh, Joe Penrose, again, since transportation is your bailiwick here, and since North Monroe Street is a street, it is a transportational corridor. Uh, What were some of your considerations as you delved into this project? What were you looking at? Thanks for the thanks for the question, Tom. One of the things that we were we looked at was this corridor is, runs from um, <clears throat> Tharp Street near Lake Ella all the way up to Crowder Road. And one of the things that we had we had noticed was that there is patchy sidewalk connection once you get past um, I ten if you're going north towards Savannah. We would like for Tallahassee to be the best multimodal area that it can be and having side, usable sidewalks will help a lot. The other thing that we, we uh, looked at was, is there um, pedestrian crossings? Because there is a lot of back and forth um, crossing um, on Monroe Street, uh, kind of in the middle of it near Whataburger and the, the, uh, the gas station that um, there's already a project in place to put in some sidewalks on along North Monroe Street as you are going towards Allen Road. So we were looking mostly at better ways for people to get around and also to be safer on the, while they're using the street. Well, you've got a lot of laneage, if I can even use that term, uh, particularly around what was the old Tallahassee Mall in that area and all the way out towards uh, towards I-10, as well as down towards Lake Ella there. And even the timing of those crossings when it comes to pedestrian traffic, I believe, is is problematic. I've tried to get across there myself, and you got to hustle because you don't have a lot of time. It is a very heavily traveled uh, situation as far as vehicular traffic, and pedestrian traffic has always seemed like, shall I say, a minor consideration or kind of a, in the background somewhere. Is that what you were trying to address in your, in your look-see? We... We were talking about it as as a way to make it make it easier for people to actually use the district. But the Florida Department of Transportation District Three is uh, controls North Monroe Street, US twenty seven. It's it's in their it's in their purview. So it's up to them on whether they want to you know um, retime signals or put up pedestrian crossing signs or anything like that but there is there are other things that can that can be done there's a large project called north Road gateway project that blueprint is working on that should that it hasn't it hasn't actually started yet but we're hoping that it will have some interest you know some infrastructure improvements along north Road street Something we can certainly delve into a little bit later on in the program. Um, John Coleman, since we seem to be, and again, anecdotally, uh, be seeing a lot more folks who are without permanent accommodations in our community right now, and they are just about every intersection around town. That has always been a feature, if you will, of the North Monroe Street Corridor since the entire area is going through a a situation now what were you thinking in terms of this specific area for addressing the plight of folks who don't have a home who frequent that part of the world so while uh, you know homelessness is not new to this area it did increase um when 
we went through our emergency shelter, uh, the Carney Center, moving to that area for non-congregate shelter. There was quite an increase. And since they have moved back to Pensacola Street, um, there has been a decrease. However, um, we knew that we needed to address uh, some of the issues that were uh, concerning citizens along that corridor um, for the people who remained in that area. So uh, my focus on the, the group was to provide some insight about who those people were and whether or not those people on that area were indeed uh, experiencing homelessness. Um, or if they were people from the community, which we believe that there may be, you know, some type of mixture of the two. Um, however, addressing safety concerns uh, for both the citizens and for those people who are experiencing homelessness in that area was a, a, of a concern, I think, for everyone on the panel. Um, so my role was really just to be a voice for those people who were experiencing un unsheltered homelessness um, so that we could make sure that we weren't um, leaving them out in that discussion. That's got to be a a very involved kind of tap dance, particularly when, as we record this here on Tuesday, a lot of national attention in the media is being placed on the the, the very sad situation in New York City regarding the uh, the gentleman and the the lady who uh, he allegedly uh, pushed into the path of an oncoming subway train and. Uh, there seems to be, a, again, another backlash against uh, folks who do not have a home in connection with that. And that must make your position a little bit more difficult, and if not considerably more difficult, in dealing with our local situation, right? So, so yes, you know, the, the easiest thought is that in order to end homelessness, there has to be homes, um, you know, giving everyone a house then ends homelessness. But we are, you know, faced with a variety of situations, mental health conditions, um, you know, uh, uh, gener generational poverty, um, you know, no income, low income. So those types of, of issues come into play when we speak about giving someone housing. Um, and them being able to be in housing that is adequate and meets their needs. Um, again, dealing with mental health issues and, and getting people to accept that mental health uh, treatment and connect with the correct partners, it takes time. Um, so as you said, kind of doing a tap dance is, is kind of what we do. We get a little, you know, we work with someone, we get two steps closer, and then we fall back four steps, you know, and so it is a cycle um, and it takes a lot of persistent interaction. And so um, we have had an uptick in our out street, uh, I'm sorry, street outreach. Um, and so we are just working through the challenges um, and hoping that we can begin to offer more housing to more people and that they would be willing to accept that housing. Okay. Ron Goldstein, talk about your involvement on the Citizens Committee here for the re revitalization of the North sure. Road Street Happy. Corridor. What exactly you were doing as far as, uh, you know, bringing your background and your experience and skills to bear on some of the issues that are facing that corridor? Sure. Well, I guess really, it, it was really two hats. Um, we uh, kind of live in within the corridor. Um, so as a neighbor, and, um, you know, also uh, with my background in real estate and, you know, the idea of, you know, having kind of a sense of place is kind of what the draw to even become on, you know, part of the uh, task force was the draw for me to really be able to make a difference. Yeah. And, and the fact that you don't have at least along the corridor itself on some of the back streets yes you've got some pretty impressive properties but immediately adjacent to the north monroe street corridor those are not what you could call mcmansions usually by any stretch of the imagination they are you know pretty you know low to middle class housing uh, circumstances right that's very true um but you know again it's, you find pockets of uh area and um you know kind of driving every day and it sees a corridor and look to have, you know, make improvements. Okay. Commissioner Rick Miner, uh, given the information that we've just heard here and the range of issues that are facing the corridor and the people who live along it and travel along it here, what was kind of the grand vision that the, the panel came up with and how do you move forward now? We know what we got 
where do we want to go with this? Sure, sure. That's a that's a big question. But um, the the first of all, I want to thank all the panelists that are here, as well as the additional folks that were serving on the panel. They met, um, I think, five times on the on the sessions, and then three times as follow ups to draft the the recommendations up. So big kudos to uh, to everyone here, as well as the rest of the panelists, as well as the uh, the, uh, the the staff that helped them that worked with them on that. Um, so as far as the recommendations of the panelists in the task force, with regard to crime, um, you know, crime has really increased a lot on North Monroe. It has generally throughout the country, but um, we've seen uh, trespassing increase by 23%. Uh, Baker acts of mentally ill persons increased by 29%. Simple assault by 19%. And larceny or theft of personal property increased by 40% along the North Monroe corridor over the last year or so. Crime is an issue in North Monroe, and we need to have people feel safe, whether they live in a neighborhood nearby or um, business owners or people that are working at a business or going to a business. So um, one thing that we that the, that the panel and the task force had, had recommended was there are resources available to have businesses and neighborhoods coordinate with each other and with law enforcement to help crack down on crime. And, you know, Sheriff uh, McNeil's all-in initiative is a terrific example. But, you know, it's not just just the sheriff's office or TPD patrolling um, our neighborhoods and businesses. It's about all of us as a community getting together. And if you see something, say something. So helping to coordinate a lot of that um, law enforcement support for TPD and the sheriff's office among the businesses and the neighborhoods will go far. And and my office is going to be working very closely with businesses and neighborhoods to do just that. Another thing regarding crime, um, there are more arrests for human trafficking along North Monroe and I-10 uh, that interchange than any other part in the county. Um, it's, a, it's a problem that hides in plain sight. And Robin Hassler-Thompson, who is one of our task force members um, as, a, as the leader of STAC, Survive and Thrive Advocacy Center, has, um, with the county's funding, has put together a, a customized training program for this community where businesses for free can sign up their employees uh, to attend that training and become more aware of the signs of human trafficking. So in, in any, that's free to anybody, any business, employee, um, citizen that wants to, to take this training. Um, and the idea is that after taking this, this training, you will have more confidence to, number one, identify signs of human trafficking that you might come across. And when you have more confidence, you're more likely to report it. And so with regarding crime, those are some of the things that we're doing right now. Um, and thanks to the task force for helping to kind of work with these things and identify them, where I, I, I feel good about our ability to um, make some improvements on crime in North Monroe. It, it's not about the sheriff's office or TPD doing something for us. It's about all of us working together with them uh, to crack down on crime and keep people safe. And I know I've probably taken up a little more time on that question with just that aspect. Uh, so I'll hand it back to you, Tom. But um, I, I know we can talk about the other aspects of the, of the report, too. Well, that said, Commissioner, uh, it might be a good time to uh, remind folks that as this program actually airs on the radio on uh, Thursday, the 20th at 6 o'clock this evening at the Senior Center on North Monroe, there is going to be a public input se uh, session on what else can be done with the gigantic Northwood property that was recently demolished. And of course, a new Tallahassee Police Department headquarters is going to be uh, put on that ground but there is plenty of acreage for other things too and so that'll be going on at six o'clock this evening and the city would like everyone who is interested in that development to uh, come on by and share their thoughts and ideas uh, joe penrose what other ideas did you bring as far as improving the transportational aspect of the north monroe street uh, corridor that's a that's a good question tom and as i said FDOT controls us 27 so it's really it's really up to them it would be you know it would be nice to have um maybe possibly more transit there are a number of different transit uh transit stops along the corridor but if they're if there are if those transit stops are already occupied by a lot of the homeless then who's going to go to a transit stop to take the bus somewhere on the on the corridor on the actual corridor those are on one side are very old neighborhoods that are they're two lane streets and there's nothing probably i don't know what kind of improvements could be done with those and on the other side of the street closer like jackson is like jackson 
protection node, which if you wanted to rebuild, um, you know, redevelop or even add infrastructure out there, you would have to go through a lot of special review and permitting. So, but there are other things that uh, Commissioner Miner is right. We need the community to um, pitch in and, and promote and work on, on all of these ideas. And uh, Blueprint is working on a project to create a multi-use path from Lake Jackson Indian Mounds off Prouder Road all the way over to Lake Gala. Now, while this would not would probably not connect directly with North and Rose Street, it is in the corridor. So we we would like to see any recommendation from any any group in, in addition to ours um, be undertaken in order to um, make it a community collaboration. Well, it seems as though the complexity of the traffic flow, if we can get away from the uh, the trail, which is a great idea, by the way, it sounds like, uh, the fact that you have so many kinds of retail establishments along that corridor and so there is that you know they talk about people having trouble getting on and off thomasville road it is nothing in contrast to what you have along north monroe street where essentially every i don't know dozen yards or so there is a turnoff into somebody's place of business and that is not a helpful for uh should we say seamless and uh, and smooth traffic flow through the area that that's a good point but those are access points that have been permitted by permitted by florida dot district three over the years and that's not something that that is something that our focus group would have have we thought about it and thank you for bringing it up that's an interesting point but that even though that's on north and rose street that's not something that we would that we could handle ourselves. All of that access management is up to up to um, Florida DOT working in concert with um, the um, development review staff uh, for the for the city and county. But you're right that those driveways so close together, they're really awkward. And in some areas, and, and where is it written that? Never mind, <laughs> that would get me in trouble. <laughs> but it. Um, you know, at some point we might be able to, we could talk to DOT, make um, some kind of collaboration about how those driveways are set up, but um, that's, that would be a much bigger project. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking of what happened when they finally put, uh, um, what do they call them? Access lanes on the other end of uh, US 27 along Appalachie Parkway for at least a, a section of it there going into shopping centers and other places of business so that you didn't have a multitude of turnoffs from the main road itself. And they use those very effectively, I think, in the state of Texas, if I'm uh, not mistaken on that. Um, Jana Coleman, uh, you've got a lot of other things, though, that you have to look at here as far as that uh, that area and the the actual the people who live there and the people who frequent it, what were some of those other considerations that you were looking at as far as the, uh, uh, the human component of, of the corridor and how you see that playing out for more opportunity, more affordable housing, those kinds of amenities that maybe might improve some of the things that you were talking about earlier? So, so we all know that there needs to be access to affordable housing, which is a whole nother discussion. Um, there also needs to be a determination as to what affordable is. And so, you know, affordable, uh, we are learning is different for each, each person. Um, so our, our, you know, goal is to be able to offer a variety of housing options. Um, whether or not those are, you know, going to be located on the North Monroe corridor is, is certainly, um, you know, a question to be asked um, because a lot of people are there because they have access to so many amenities in that area. Um, and so we do see, you know, people who are needing services but aren't able to access them because we don't have many homeless services uh, providers in that area. Um, so we did discuss possibly having um, an access point for people to go to to get uh, services. Um, you know, in order for someone to get checked into the Carney Center, they would need to be there. So they would need access, but they would also need to know that the Carney Center exists. 
Um, so people who may be coming off of I-10 who are new to the area may not even know that uh, those resources exist. So um, there was discussion on, you know, maybe setting up a satellite area or having street outreach set up at certain uh, you know times so that we can provide that information right now we are very dependent on street outreach teams to go out to meet with people but because the need is so much larger than those teams um we are seeing you know a delay in being able to respond to citizens requests um, for people who may be experiencing homelessness on that area in that area just as an aside when does the next snapshot uh, come out that is done through the uh, uh, the big band homeless coalition that kind of gives us a, a reference point in time of what's really going on literally on the street yes so the point in time count was actually scheduled for this week or next week um and we uh have been granted authorization from HUD to push that back a month. So with the rise in COVID numbers um, and access to PPE, um, we wanted to be able to provide each uh, volunteer with the adequate PPE that they would need. Um, So we have pushed point in time count back to uh, February 22nd. So we uh, will do a virtual training. We're planning to do a virtual training um, and then to reconvene uh, that on, on on the at the end of February. Um, so we are excited. And if anyone uh, would like to participate in that count, um, we are trying to do it as safely as possible for both our volunteers and those who will be uh, answering our surveys. Okay, thank you. We'll look forward to that with a great deal of interest. That will be some good, hard, numerical data points that we can look at to see. Are things really getting worse? Are they actually the same? What is going on there? So thank you, Jonna. Appreciate that. Ron Goldstein, for the for the businesses along the quarter, since it is a primarily a commercial thoroughfare there, what did you hear from the businesses? in that area how are they looking at this whole well pretty candid there was some concern but you know well again some concern but you know again um part of the discussions and recommendations you know the opportunity uh trash came up a bit to be honest and uh, um the idea of you know having an adopt the highway opportunity um kind of uh taking the the bull and and by the horns and uh, (laughs) running with it um again seem to be uh part of that and you know again i I tend to be one of those uh half full kind of guys so i do look forward to you know the redevelopment of the former northwood center um and there's a lot of positive uh things coming down the corridor yeah what was the latest that you heard as far as the old uh well the tallahassee center as it was renamed and kind of reimagined four or five or six times since uh the new owners took over on there what did you hear if anything about what the uh the, the long-term strategy may be for that property i'm sorry center tallahassee yeah. old, old tallahassee mall right yeah uh yeah well, you know, again, having in my former life being involved with state government and having you know such an influx of state workers in the office space uh, uh, envelope really um, obviously brings an economic impact to our area. And um, so, you know, there had been talks of trying to do some multifamily um, apartment, you know, apartment type complexes, um, and yeah, you know, we had the charter school there presently. So. There's again uh, optimism for the future. There, it'd be interesting to see how the former uh, stage area works out. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and then, then yeah. <laughs> yeah, concerts and COVID don't mix. That seems to be no. uh, yeah <laughs> the the current reality that uh, we're dealing with. By the way, if you're just joining us here on WFSU Public Media, uh, please hold all calls. We did pre-record this earlier this week for a presentation here on this uh, Thursday, and we're talking about the redevelopment, the reimagining, perhaps the revival of the North Monroe Street 
corridor essentially from Crowder Road out there in the north all the way into uh, Lake Ella in the Midtown area of Tallahassee and Leon County Commissioner Rick Miner whose district encompasses that area was one of the drivers of this project that had a citizens group get together and take the situation from many many angles and try to come up with some uh, suggestions on how things can be uh, improved and uh, another look at that entire area affordable housing commissioner boy we've talked about this a lot how do you jumpstart that particularly in a market where it seems the major and this is a good one for you too ron uh the 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 major factor driving not only rentals but also ownership of property is dare we say luxury student housing How, how do you deal with that Thanks, Tom. Yeah, affordable housing is the big elephant in the room, right? Um, I mean, this this community is suffering from a, a dearth of affordable housing. And my wife is a realtor. Uh, so, I mean, we talk about this quite a bit. And and, and Ron, I'm sure, can pipe in too. But, um, you know, th- there are a lot of buyers out there looking for properties that are um, 225, 200,000 or below that that are desirable properties. And there, there aren't enough homes out there to, to, to satisfy that demand. Um, but yet, you know, the bedrock of, of people being able to uh, um, build upon their careers and, and, and raise their families is living in a home that uh, provides a stable environment in a safe neighborhood. Um, and so that's a big thing that the county commission, as well as the city of Tallahassee, have been working on um, uh, quite a bit. You know, it, a lot of the social issues that we deal with are interconnected, right? Um, one way that we can start to address affordable housing is also helping to um, uh, cultivate and, and expand our our uh, our our, our, um, our workforce. Um, you know, if we can able if we're able to um, expand the number of people that that are able to find work um, and then help build skills in the folks so that they can actually increase their incomes, that goes a long way toward helping us um, chip away at the the problem we have with affordable housing. Um, it's not a silver bullet. But, but if we talk about, you know, uh, improving our job market and, and our job workforce and uh, having people earn incomes at a higher level in this county, uh, we can do so much more. Uh, and we have so much more um, um, be, being able to address the issues regarding homelessness, crime, affordable housing. Um, you know, if there's, if there's one single thing we can do to focus on, we wouldn't focus on just one thing. But if there was one thing we could focus on, it would be helping to improve people's incomes. And that will go a long way toward helping us uh, take a stab at affordable housing and the other issues I talked about. Certainly, we have a number of economic development initiatives that are ongoing right now, not only at the the high end when it comes to things like Dan Foss, Tobocor, and some of yeah. those uh, manufacturing types of jobs mm-hmm. that everybody is lusting after across the country now. But with the arrival before too terribly long of two major uh, Amazon warehouse facilities in this area, um, that would seem to be another motivator for having a greater stock of affordable housing here. And I can't imagine whether it's uh, yourself or or Ron or uh, Commissioner, your wife, Jessica, or whomever trying to figure out how do you develop more of those kinds of housing availabilities in this area? Is is it uh, just a combination of, of funding sources? Is it getting the private sector involved? Again, what are the nuts and bolts of making that occur? Well, you know, the, the hard thing, and, and Ron can, I'm sure, will probably pipe in on this, but, you know, the um, if you're looking at simply just the private sector market, the margin on development for for housing units is is in the higher price ranges, right? So a developer makes more money off a $350,000, $400,000 home than he or she does on a $200,000 home. And so the market is is pushing the development of those larger, uh, more expensive housing units. So what we all have as a community have to work on is, is figure out, well, what can we do to help encourage the private sector to develop those properties that are less, that are less expensive? Uh, that are frankly in higher demand, but have a smart, a smaller profit margin for the developer. The other part of that too is supply chain issues, which again is causing COVID. So that drives costs up, uh, does exasperate the issue. Yeah. And, Tom, and, go ahead, Joe. May I may I hop in here? Sure. Okay. I don't know anything about 
market markets, real estate markets. But I do know that the old Northwood Mall site, this is my opinion, I think that would be a great place for not affordable housing, not homes, but some workforce housing, like such as uh, some uh, some apartments, not pos- possibly, you know, maybe like a high, a high rise, because what a great location for for some apartments, for any for any kind of housing. I mean, you're right there. If you work downtown, you can get on get on the road, and you're downtown in a few minutes. There will be transit there. So people uh, can take the bus wherever, where they need to go if they want to do that. You have a zillion zillion fast food restaurants if you want to go out to eat. Publix is right across the street in the Lake Ella Plaza. If you have kids, you have Rudiger and Ra right there. There's Levy Park up the street, which has a pool. Oh, and if you if you get sick or hurt, the um, there's a new brand new emergency room right down the street, um, close to close to Walmart. And you know, one of the things that planners look at is how to redevelop what's called a brownfield site. A brownfield site is something that's been is a site that's been reused for a long time. And what a perfect place because the infrastructure is already there. There's water and sewer and the roadways there. And I'm sure there would be, it need to be some amenities, but that's an, that's an open site. And so that if we're gonna have workforce housing, not necessarily home, homes for sale, but apartments for rent, that, I think that would be a great place to do it. And that's in the North Monroe Street corridor. And that would be um, a, good, a good focus. And, and the fact that that is city-owned property. And uh, John Coleman, uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but that would give the city of Tallahassee, which also owns uh, Star Metro, um, perhaps a, a point where folks who need transportation to the Kearney Center, that could be a almost like a, um, a secondary bus location or transit point so that those folks would have a a quick route to and from the Kearney Center um, in the course of, uh, of the day or, you know, having uh, more availability of transportation for work, transit, that kind of thing. Is that possible, maybe? Sure. Anything is possible. Um, we would also, you know, think that if there were going to be new developers that we would be able to work with them to um, actually secure some units that could be you know uh, given to our clients who may be experiencing homelessness we do work with a lot of the new developers who are uh, being financed through uh, florida housing finance um, to do what we call mou or set aside units where our clients can get units um, that are at 33% of the market rate rent, um, which really helps them be able to afford uh, mainstream housing. Um, so we are interested in, um, you know, in the development of any new properties and being able to speak with those property owners just to see if even, you know, four or five units will do a lot in our community. So where are we then, Commissioner Rick Miner, uh, since that is city rather than county property there? What overtures, if any, have been made to the folks at uh, City Hall to say, hey, uh, you guys want to partner on maybe some brainstorming and uh, see what we might be able to do? Or are you going to wait for the this evening, again, Thursday night, 6 o'clock, we're talking about the Senior Center, that public input uh, session on what to do with that Northwood property? let's see you're you're on mute there rick sorry rick you're muted i was trying really hard not to have that happen during this uh during this hour but um yeah i've I've been able to meet with some of the uh folks that are sorry um i've been able to meet with some of the folks that are um uh, working on some of the ideas for this and uh um you know definitely affordable housing is one option 
Um, I think everyone has, has probably read uh, recently about the offer from uh, Mike Sheridan for uh, some type of arrangement with the city on a performing arts center um, on that property. Um, and so, I mean, there are a lot of different options on the table. And the, 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 the new TPD headquarters is really just a small part of that overall property. So it's, this is an unprecedented opportunity um, for the people of Tallahassee to have a say in a large strategically important part of this town. Um, and, and what we decide to put on that property is going to shape um, the bottom half of North Monroe. And so uh, it, it's really a great opportunity. I, I'm very grateful for uh, the opportunity from the city of Tallahassee to have purchased that property because it gives to us, the public, a greater say in what happens to that, uh, to those parcels. So um, yes, I think anything's on the table, Tom. I, I know there've been some discussions about affordable housing. Um, and so, you know, that's definitely on, that's one option I think they're trying to work on, but a big part of it, I know they're looking to get public input from people. And so, um, you know, on January 20th, which I think the day of this broadcast this evening uh, at the Tallahassee Senior Center is going to be really important. If you, if you care about um, what goes on that property for North Monroe, please attend and, uh, and share your thoughts with the city of Tallahassee. It, it still astounds me the actual acreage of that tract. It uh, it looked big when there was a building on it. Now, with nothing but just a very modest debris field remaining, it is incredibly expansive. So there would seem to be lots of opportunity to do something there besides just a, a new city police headquarters on there. Let's get into some, I guess, blue sky or pre- uh, future projection or or that kind of thing and maybe joe penrose if we can can start with you as you were wrapping up all your considerations in the course of the citizens meetings here on the north monroe street corridor and the re-envisioning thereof kind of if if uh, some of the impediments you were talking about earlier, the fact it is a uh, not only a, a State Department of Transportation, but it's also a federal highway, U.S. 27. you got a lot of uh, moving parts in here, but uh, given maybe, uh, if not unlimited, at least a significant amount of uh, fiscal resources and a lot of goodwill there, how would you like to see this play out? Kind of what, what is the Joe Penrose vision for that corridor? That's, a, that's an excellent question. And you know, my, my vision, since it's January, we can look forwards and backwards. So I'm gonna look backwards a little bit. Uh, like, like a lot of us, we've all lived, lived in Tallahassee for a really long time. And I posted the link to the report on a couple of my Facebook pages. And the comments that came back from from people who remember that area, they were, they were so, they were kind of sad because people said, yeah, we remember that when that corridor was, was upscale and there are a lot of good restaurants and, and shops and the neighborhoods were really nice. And we weren't, several people said they were afraid to go in the, to go in a store down there. So, and, and, I live in the I live in the area, and it's it's not what I not where I would would want to live for a very long time if it doesn't change. So it's a main corridor, and we don't want to lose it because you you go to any large city, particularly the ones the really large ones, and there's always a corridor that was a really great place to live, work, and shop. People like going, to, like to go down there. And now it's, you just want to avoid it. And it's, you just want to, you don't want to be there. You just want to forget that exists. Whatever, whatever comes out of our, our citizen task force and whatever is done in the future, we need to make sure that it's the place where people want to live because there are a lot of neighborhoods in the area where they want to work, you would you'd be surprised by the amount of office space in that area and shop and 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 be safe. And when you're there, you feel like you're a part of the Tallahassee community and it's a place you can be proud of. 
you guys really bit off a lot of, uh, of meat on this particular project when you consider everything that you were just saying, Joe. And uh, upscale restaurants, when we first moved here, oh, many, many years ago, you had two premier eateries there, not to mention the uh, Silver Slipper, which at one point, as you recall, was in the basement of the Northwood yeah. Center, yeah. right next door to the library. And people have yeah. trouble imagining that right now. But you had uh, the Steak and Ale, which is now a buffet, I believe. Yeah. And back behind what yeah. is now the big Goodwill store, there was a really upscale restaurant called the Cork and Cleaver. Oh, remember I have, that? yes, I remember that place. And you also had Brothers Three, which was one of the most popular places in Tallahassee to go dance. Yeah, it, the... the uh, should we say the ambiance has changed a little bit somewhat over the years? So again, yeah, that was a, that was a big job for you guys. Jonna Coleman, I, I, your, your blue sky, your projection here, how, what would you, would you like to see as far as this all playing out? Um, so I would like to see, um, you know, some type of, of um, resource available for people who maybe um, are experiencing homelessness on that end of town. Um, we would like to see a decrease in the um, need to provide street outreach to those uh, individuals. Um, so that would mean a decrease in, in the number of people who are experiencing unsheltered homelessness in that area. You know, we'd like to see there be some trash cans and things like that that are available for people to help themselves uh, to put, you know, their own trash into. So, you know, that area could be cleaned up. You know, we definitely want to see that area thrive. Um, and so anything that we can do, um, you know, in the homelessness world to provide for our clients to help them move from that area into permanent housing, uh, we are willing to do, you know, so our vision is that that area becomes, you know, a place where, you know, was formerly a place where people experiencing homelessness once kind of hung out. And now it is, you know, a place where there are resources available for both those people who may live in that community, as well as those people who may be coming through uh, from I-10 who may be experiencing homelessness and just need resources. Terrific. Ron Goldstein, your imaginings here, if you would, what are some of your ideas? Sure. Well, again, you think about it, we have a downtown, we have a midtown, and perhaps this is uptown or midtown north. I mean, the possibilities are endless as far as what can be done, as you pointed out. I mean, there's so much um, trying to make it walk more walkable. This walkability is a, a key feature. We talked about, you know, touched on earlier, uh, being able to bicycle. I mean, these are all things that give you a sense of real community. And uh, again, the opportunity for kind of reimagining uh, Northwood Center um, is just, again, uh, impetus for a lot of uh, what we what what can be the possibilities. I like your initial comment there. I, I keep thinking, boy, if we could just uh, maybe persuade uh, Billy Joel to do a different rendition of uh, of Uptown Girl and make that the theme song of the uh, of the project. That uh, it certainly would attract some attention. Commissioner Rick Miner, yeah, since you're kind of the thirty thousand foot overview guy here, what what are some of your thoughts on this and how you'd like to see the the direction go? Well, again, I'd like to thank the task force uh, for their recommendations. Um, at the December 14th County Commission meeting that we had last year, we approved all of the recommendations from the task force. So those are um, being worked on right now as we speak. Um, and uh, so all of that is a great first step. But as you know, North Monroe didn't decline overnight. And so we're not going to fix it overnight. Um, what what I like to do is, is work with the Florida Department of Transportation, which maintains the road. Uh, work with them on additional landscaping, uh, partner with them on uh, the possibility of a, of a welcome center at that number one gateway with some, some type of welcoming signage. Uh, so the idea is that for better, whether we like it or not, more people form an opinion of Tallahassee and Leon County uh, when they drive through that interchange than any other point. Let's make it something we can all be proud of. Let's make it something that represents everything great about this community. And uh, I know there are a lot of people in this town that really care about it, that want to change it and reverse it, uh, not just as a, a, an homage to the great history that that area has had for Tallahassee, but also as a way to kind of really um, embrace what 
I think can be a really great future for that part of town. So, um, you know, the Blueprint Project is is funded for about almost $10 million to bring some of those um, improvements to North Monroe. What I'd like to do, and I'll be doing this in the next several months, is, is working with the city and county commissioners on some ideas to bring additional funding. Whether that's a, a new CRA that would uh, divert some existing tax dollars to that area, or other ways we can increase the number of the amount of investments. Um, got some great things going on on that on that corridor. You know, you've got the Northwood Mall development, which again, the public can have a say in what that turns out to be. Uh, you've got 2,000 state employees at the center of Tallahassee that are working there. Uh, you've got some other um, um, invest, you know, investment too, like the Lake Jackson Emergency Room and other things. There are good things happening along that corridor. We just need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to reverse the decline and make it something that we can all be proud of and point to and say that represents us uh, represents us here in Tallahassee. Well, whether it's Crowder Road or Lake Ella, those aren't the ends of the road when it comes to this whole project, Rick. So any other citizens who say, hey, I've got some great ideas on what can be done, how can they make that intelligence available to yourself, um, members of the task force, who? Well, um, you know, again, like I said before in the beginning, I think um, all of North Monroe is in my district, so it's a high priority for for me. Um, and so, if, if you have any ideas, if you're listening right now and have some ideas on what you'd like to see for North Monroe, um, contact my office. Uh, my email address is minor r at leoncountyfl.gov. Uh, email us your thoughts, um, and then we. This is the long, the first step in a, a long process that we're not going to give up on. We're going to fight for this because North Monroe is too important for us to let slip. And so uh, help us be join us, be part of this group that's working on reversing the decline in North Monroe and making it something that is going to be uh, something we can be proud of. And again, uh, anyone listening to this who would like to provide some input to the city of Tallahassee on the redevelopment of the old Northwood Center site, that's six o'clock this evening at the Senior Center on North Monroe. Where else? That's where it's all happening. Rick Miner, Ron Goldstein, Joe Penrose, and Jonna Coleman, thank you all for being a part of this very special perspectives and giving us your perspectives on the redevelopment of the uh, North Monroe Street Corridor. We will stay in touch and stay on top of it. Thank you all for being a part of Perspectives. Perspectives produced by WFSU Public Media in Tallahassee. Thanks to Taylor Cox, Evan Rossi helping out there, along with Paul Dam, Amy Diaz de Villegas, Trisha Moynihan, and Lydell Rawls. Many other folks making this possible as well, including our director of content, Kim Kelling, our executive producer, and I'm Tom Flanagan. Just when we thought it was safe enough to go back in the water again. No, that was Jaws. Just when we thought it was safe enough to go back in public again. What comes along but the Omicron variant to further muddy our waters? Well, how is our area responding to that? And what are those most in the know actually seeing as the virus sweeps through our community? We'll talk with some of them next week on Perspectives from WFSU Public Media. Take care.